Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast is a magical podcast I created so people could find simple or unconventional solutions to expand their personal awareness and experience. This podcast is dedicated towards revealing people's divine truth and how that divine truth works its way out into the world, one by one, helping liberate each of us on our personal path to freedom. If you love this podcast, please give us a rating and share. Stephanie, welcome to Expansion Cast. Thank you. Thank you, Roger, for having me here. You're welcome. So, Stephanie, you are a sexologist. And today we've kind of picked a topic to start out on anyway and see where we go. And that is darkness bypassing. Yeah, that feels feels a little bit exciting. It's... um, it's something I think that um, I've been writing a bit of uh, about lately, actually, and just noticing it in myself and noticing it in the world at large, this kind of avoidance of the dark and, um, yeah, the effects that that has on, on you know, a personal and then a global level. Um, it's really, really big, really full on. So, yeah, it's, um, it's exciting to talk about it with you. Yeah, so so where does it start for you? Like when we look at darkness bypassing, from my point of view, I see it as, you know, people not taking responsibility for maybe maybe parts of our shadow self or something. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, first of all, it's something that we, we have been taught to uh, externalize darkness. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's like this, this vilifying it externally and therefore not even even acknowledging that it exists in, in, in us and whether that's just taught to us from, you know, we're vilified or punished or um, made to be wrong and there's this kind of um, rejection from society if we do something wrong. So it's like I couldn't possibly own this in myself because that would mean that I'm kicked out of the tribe or... I don't belong, I, I'm disconnected. So it's like we have been taught to be holier than thou and we're all love and light. And um, in order to feel connected to other people, in order to have that need to feel like uh, we belong to something or someone met. Um, so I think that's kind of where it, yeah. To, to put it not so simply, that's where it starts. <laughs> Belonging, connection. So, um so in that space, it seems really harsh that uh, we're not accepted for all our wildness, all our, you know, all all the parts of us. You know, I, I agree that society seems to say, you know, be beautiful, be light and love. Um, mm. So we feel safe. So we don't feel awkward around you. Mm, yeah. And what it means is like when when that those darker parts of us the the parts that want to destroy and manipulate and fuck up like a lot of them are like primal drives it's like it's not even something that our our consciousness is aware of it's like this animalistic like rah, darkness um it's something that you can feel in people especially when it's repressed 
and it, it feels really unsafe to be around. It's like, it's, so there's almost no avoiding it. It's like, okay, if you bypass it, I'm going to feel it anyway, or, you know, people are going to feel that anyway. Um, whereas if you own it, sure, there comes that risk of like, oh my gosh, can I actually be seen in this? Can I, can I actually expose myself in such a vulnerable way and show that I'm fucked up inside or I have this, these dark parts of myself? Um, and, and yeah, and actually be someone that, that people feel safer around, you know? Yeah. Mm. So you, you said something significant. You said fucked up inside. Mm. And I think that term in itself kind of gives us a feeling of not accepting that part of us. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like even my language around like, um, not bypassing and then it's still like I'm fucked up inside maybe I say that with some kind of um like quotation marks or something <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you can't see that while I'm uh, you can't hear that while I'm speaking but <laughs> yeah it's um fucked up inside like something is innately wrong with me for feeling this way or thinking this way or um yeah just wanting to act in this way you know mm-hmm. and um and there's so many areas that it comes out in our lives. Uh, I think sexually speaking, like that, that's a big one. That's something that I, um, I see a lot of in people, repression of darkness when it comes to sexuality. Yeah, so what is, what is the stuff you see? What is the dark uh, repression? I think probably the, the, the most common one is a repression of desire. Mm-hmm. And so not owning where desire is is being felt um and the projection projection of desire onto another as well and so with this repression of one's desire it's going to come out in manipulative ways rather than explicitly saying i really like you i find you attractive i want to fuck you i'm really attracted to you whatever it is it's like rather than owning that it's pushed down because, you know, we're not taught how to be healthy in our sexuality, how to help, you know, communicate in a, in a clear and, um, and constructive way. And so, and desire is also shamed, you know, and, and many people have experienced that as young children, you know, if they're touching their genitals, it's like their hands are slapped away and don't do that. It's dirty or so it's like any kind of, desire that people are experiencing for a lot of people it has been shamed so with that shame it's repressed and and with that it becomes in the shadows in the in the darkness um and yeah you sense it in people you know you you sense um that feeling of like oh you want to think that's um a post i wrote a a while ago i think you might have read that and actually contact me after but it was just Mm -hmm. like i feel when you know, you're saying like, I want to, um, men, I've heard, had this before where men are like, I want to connect to your soul. Like, and, and uh, those words exactly. And, um, and you're like, I know you want to fuck me. Like I can feel it. I can feel your eros just like being thrown my way. And it's like, so it's like, it's not owning of desire. People and, have uh, this crazy illusion that this energy that we put out can't be read by other people. Yeah, for sure. It's almost like this is invisible and um, I can keep it secret and I can use these words to try and get this 
need met or but um yeah people are really kidding themselves and and you know how many people actually learn throughout their lifetime to to really connect to that desire in their body to to connect to their eros their life force and actually learn how to hold it in their body and use it in beautiful ways no one learns that unless you go into the circles that we've been in like Mm -hmm. with tantra and you know all the all that what i initially thought was crazy hippie shit (laughs) (laughs) unless you like really like feel the call and and go there it's like you're not taught that so it makes sense that it's in the shadows you know it's understandable Mm -hmm. and you know i i still think that a lot of people that go to those courses that don't just let go and you know and be curious about their desires and you know what's really happening what's playing out they don't mm. actually get you know the the benefits that say you or I got at that course mm, yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah it's just like um there's so much transformation and healing and actually owning those parts of ourselves and saying like I, I don't know what to do with this energy or I don't know how to tell someone I'm attracted to them or it's like owning that you have no idea what you're doing is the start to actually changing, you know, transforming it, mm-hmm. making it more, uh, I guess, healthier. Yeah. So was there a point in your life where you never spoke your desires and then some transformation happened and you realized that you had to start speaking them? Mm, Yeah. I think probably when I was in my first relationship, I entered into that when I was 18 and um, I'd always been before then um, a highly sexual person, sometimes in not so healthy ways, but that was kind of me. I, I had a lot of eros running as many 18-year-olds do, and being in this relationship and we had desire discrepancies, so my desire was stronger and more frequent than his was, or he, and also he had different outlets for his desire in terms of like watching pornography and all of that. And so what I found was my desires were not being met in the way that I knew how to get them met, and so there was a certain manipulation that came in um towards him it's like how can I work this how can I you know um covertly get this need to feel connected to to have sex to um be intimate met and you know even trying to think now like what what behaviors were at play I don't even know if it was an actual acting out I think it was more an energetic thing so it was kind of when you think of um the like the Venus flytrap and how it's bright and colorful and it smells attracts flies in and you know it's kind of it's open and it's you know okay come here and then it's so it's kind of like sitting and waiting and, and for its prey. And then once it gets it, once the fly lands, it's like I'm going to suck all the life force out of you and kill you. <laughs> Yay. I guess that's kind of the Medusa thing too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's um, it's pulling in. It's an energetic pulling in. And, and I mean, when you look at even female, female anatomy, 
um, or the feminine. That's kind of the energy of the feminine is this kind of like um, receptiveness, you know. So, um, yeah, I guess it was an energetic thing that I used to do was just like how can I actually pull him in um, closer. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of probably my biggest thing and also – explicitly owning desire as well especially when the desires weren't you know uh vanilla (laughs) (laughs) so if there was any kind of fantasy that I wanted to be played out or any quirky desire that I thought like I could never ask for this there was um there was a suppression of that as well in myself around like I can't actually have these desires let them run because um, then they're, they're not going to be welcome or I'm going to be um, rejected. So repression of um, repression of desire. Yeah. Not owning those twisted and dark parts of myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's, let's talk about how, when we do speak a desire, you know, I think people have this idea that we speak a desire to attain something in the physical but something else happens when we speak our desire because you know i could tell you you know stephanie i find you amazingly hot and i really would love to you know fuck you and you could say no and even even in voicing all that something happens Mm, yeah yeah definitely there's great healing to be had with speaking desire and there's a certain level of fulfillment that you get from actually just owning it and saying it out loud so I like how you said it's we think about oh I've got to speak this desire so that I can get my needs met or have this desire met when actually it's more just the um I want to speak it because it's a lie for me and and it feels good to actually just own it. It feels scary sometimes, but it, it, there's something that feels lighter in me when I speak this desire. And um, and that's, you know, like I've had so many experiences of actually just saying, oh, like, and this is like with my partner as well and with other people, I want to do this or I find this person attractive or this is what I'm curious to try. And just having that actually received and celebrated and and heard and not shunned or shamed is beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. And there's plenty of times where nothing happens after that. It's like, wouldn't it be great to have a threesome with this person, you know? Oh, yeah, like that's awesome, you know, cool. And that's it. I don't have a threesome with them or I do, you know. So it's like (laughs) um, (laughs) it's – it's repatterning ourselves as well from childhood where our desire has been shamed and, um, and made wrong. So that's a really beautiful practice to, to try and also to be around people that will find that sense of um, connection with people where you're allowed to be free with speaking those desires, whatever they are, and have them received and not, not shunned. Yeah, you know, um, you being a sexologist and, well, I guess you're really into Tantra as I am. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the work I do is really tied to Tantra and non-dual theory. And so we, we do relate a lot to sex. 
but the desires can be anything, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, for sure. Do you have a desire in this moment right now? Yeah, a shower. <laughs> <laughs> shower or bath. That's my non-sexual desire right now. Is yeah. uh, <laughs> It's been a couple of days um, after a bushfire. <laughs> um, yeah, and one of my most transformational times in my life, and this was actually a desire for a relationship, a, a partnership with someone, um, but I've applied it in so many things. If I desire a new car or, you know, somewhere to live or something, it's like desire fuels us. It's this we, we feel when we want something, there's this certain, um, certain sensations in our body that are super energizing. You know, it's like, oh, I want, I want to get that thing. So it's like immediately there's this like switching on of this life force in us. And um, when we can actually hold that in the body and, and, and be with that and go, oh, my gosh, like I want that thing and let that grow and build, kind of, you know, like power, the, the, the law of attraction. Um, when you're resonating on that level of what you desire, then that thing will come to you. Um, and I actually... I think that's the one thing I do like about the law of attraction. Um, it's also when we have a desire for something, can we feel that in our body? What I feel is really important is to actually let go of how that's going to look. And that doesn't mean we won't have a vision for that thing or that car or the house or the partner, but it's like I'm going to imagine it and feel it, but it's never going to look how I think it's going to look. You know exactly to the to the detail you know well and there's some really cool stuff when it comes to manifesting because like here's something that just happened to me years ago when i was a teenager i went to a boxing club and i was nervous you know and i really had an interest and a desire to join this boxing club but for some reason i didn't allow myself because i was maybe a coward or whatever or just had all these ideas mm. of what it was going to be that you know, just bullshit stories. And uh, so I didn't. And over the years, I've had always had a, you know, I should go join a boxing club. That kind of desire, right? On two days ago, I was visiting a friend and this friend was wearing a black hoodie. This black hoodie had uh, a boxing club's insignia on the front. And my friend was pointing out how he had joined a boxing club in BC and, you know, started talking about his experience there. And he had been wearing a very specific toque that uh, made him look like, kind of like, maybe he was rocky uh, as we were going for a walk. It was kind of interesting. But one thing it did was it reignited my uh, inspiration to join a boxing club. The following or the same night, I had a desire to go to a local pub, which I don't go to pubs, um, maybe once uh, every three or four months or something. But when I have a desire now, I accept it and, and move into mm. it, whatever it is. So the desire took me to a pub, a very specific pub. And I sat at the bar and just like, huh, let's see what happens. And I sat beside a fellow, um, bushy beard, uh, kind of looks like me right now, and but much bigger <laughs> belly, and, uh, and we start talking. And here he owns a boxing club, 
and mm. he invited me to go to the boxing club and he, he goes i wish we had more uh men like 40s to 50s to join the club because um most of the people there are young mm. so yeah it's very cool how i it's had no so idea amazing, why i was it? going and so yeah so now this week i'm gonna go and join a boxing club yeah it's so incredible and i mean that is not how you probably imagined it was going to look getting to join a boxing club ever you know That's like going to a bar like <laughs> it's um yeah and it's there's something to be said around this um alignment with our soul and our soul's purpose and feeling desire and and i think there needs to be that differentiation between it's it's always true desire but there's like a certain desire where it's like it's it's resonating on 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 every level of our body of our energetic body our emotional body there's this kind of cl- clarity in our desire it's like this is what i i want this is what i need it feels true and alive for us and it will lead us to what we desire what we, what we're um what we're meant to have and who we're meant to be Whereas, the, you know, there's, there is that other desire, that fleeting kind of like, oh, I want to fuck that or I want to um, go eat McDonald's or whatever <laughs> it is, you know. The, like the, there's a, a big difference. It's like those that desire that fuels us and, and makes us feel alive and we're like, oh, yeah, this is what I need to do right now or this is where I need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one to listen to, I believe. Totally agree, yeah. Uh, sometimes it can be hard to tell the difference, uh, especially if our mind is really busy and chattering. And, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, there is something around um, trial and error in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like really listening to the cues of your body and that this is this really big embodiment piece, like embodied desire. So if we feel something like a desire and it's like, oh, okay, noticing where do I feel it in my body? If we act on it, is that actually something that's going to serve us? Like, or what are the repercussions of me acting on that? And it's this, it's this fine art around feeling where desire, um, where our yes is, you know, where our, our true authentic desire resides in our body. You know, for me, it's my pussy and my womb. Like as a woman, I, that's where I feel like, um, oh, that mainly my womb actually at the moment. It's like, oh, that's that's what I desire and, and, and I'm going to follow that. If I feel like jittery in my body or kind of like on edge or something and, it, and my womb feels kind of empty, maybe that's not the desire that I, sh- I sh- um, would serve me by following, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, yeah, it's trial and error. It's like um, if I follow that desire that feels a little jittery and excitable in my body and doesn't feel very grounded. Um, Maybe I end up on a really crap date or whatever compared to, oh, my womb says yes and I have that experience that leads me to that which I so desire or whatever, um, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. I find it interesting that a lot of people when they're in an interview always ask if something makes sense. (laughs) yeah (laughs) what I find is I go on like these tangents 
Yeah. And and sometimes I struggle to actually come back to the the point that I'm trying to make. So <laughs> there was a lot of words in that. So <laughs> just wanted to make sure. <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy, seriously, because I'm the same way. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like listening to the whole thing and I'm like, everything's amazing no matter where you're going anyway yeah yeah and i don't even know who like i'm asking you right now but if someone listening to this is like does that make sense they're like not it's like sorry i like (laughs) 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 i've already moved on (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome Hmm. one thing i find about uh about about, uh, yeah going moving into um speaking our desires that once we start doing it more often and, you know, just keep doing it and doing it, doing it sooner mm-hmm. or later, we start to feel a difference between what an empty desire is like an, maybe a des- not an empty desire, but a desire that's supporting um, a limitation, you mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. like chronic masturbation or something. I mean, yeah. to masturbate just to get off. Um, that's not really something that's uh, an internal soul desire. Yeah, yeah. So like those like compulsive sexual behaviors, it it, it feels like desire at the time, you know, but what it's coming from is this often anxious um, place, often um, addictive place as well. Um, And that's like a whole different story, you know. It's um, what I find in like in that kind of instance is, there's often with those kind of compulsive behaviors is often an avoidance of emotion. So I feel this uncontrollable urge or desire to do this thing right now. And it's like, actually that's maybe distracting you from something deeper. And it's not as simple as just like, I'm not going to do the thing and actually just sit and feel the emotion. It's actually in in my experience and what I, I teach in my work is there needs to be some period of, I guess you'd call it adjustment where you're integrating certain tools um, to deal with emotion and to deal with how to hold desire. And naturally it seems that um, the compulsive behaviours fall away without this kind of cold turkey attitude of you need to stop the thing, you need to suppress the desire, you need to shut it down, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um yeah, that's a really interesting one, actually. Those compulsive, compulsive masturbation, and yeah, um, and like it's so common as well. You know, it's it's so many. How many people that the awakening of their sexuality, their sexual desire as teenagers, especially with men. You know, the amount of testosterone that's going on in a young man's body is like, it's almost like overnight. It, it I can't even remember what the numbers are, but it like multiplies by a hundred or something, you know, like there's this just huge surge of testosterone in the body and, you know, with young women too, but to a lesser extent and um, feeling this desire all of a sudden, uh, you know, to put put their dick in anything that like moves. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, so there's this kind of not being taught how to hold it and, and ways of, um, acting it out and, and then the, the shame of actually um, self-pleasuring and, and doing so in secrecy and, you know, it's such a um, such a, a troubling time for many people and, you know, many people don't address that until sometimes never but until many years later when they've been, you, their desire has been watching porn and 
feeling the desire in their body and compulsively masturbating, you know, it's, um, it's not addressed often and years go by and, and that's the norm, you know. Yeah, and that you know the compulsive act is in lots of things. I mean, it, I mean, I sometimes mm. compulsively eat to not tune into something to yeah, avoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's also like a self-soothing as well. You know, in some instances, it's like as um, just I've been around uh, my friend's baby a lot at the moment, and just watching her, like she'll suck her hand when she needs some self-soothing, or you know. Her, um, she'll go for um, the breast if she if she needs some kind of like calming down. And so as adults, we kind of, we might turn to things like masturbation or uh, food or whatever it is, you know. It's, it's like I'm feeling a lot right now and I don't know what to do with it and I need something that's going to make me feel momentarily better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. which is unfortunate in a way because sometimes, you know, mm. those really rough moments of emotion are, are best served deep inside them. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, and, and like it's a shame. And then I also see, say with self, self-soothing behaviours, it's um, if you start integrating other behaviours that are going to help self-soothe you in your life. So whether that's like going and having a bath or whatever it is, um, how that looks for you, then the maybe the desire to compulsively masturbate or overeat may subside to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, what else is happening, like in your world, like for sexology? What What do you see going on right now that's really big for people? Uh, so yeah, what I'm seeing, and I mean, it's been happening, I think since almost the beginning of time, but it's like this, um, really strong externalization of either masculine or feminine. So men looking for women to fulfill something that they can't find in themselves and vice versa, women looking for towards men to fulfill something that they are unable to um, discover in themselves. So, yeah, I think that's that's a really big one. It's all, it's like this um, this gender war kind of behavior, like us and them with the genders still. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been going on for years and years. But um, and I what I am actually seeing is like there is that is shifting. I think there's a lot more men, especially in my field, that are embracing their feminine and a lot of women who are actually stepping into uh, their own masculine. So it's promising, I, I think, you know. I don't know if it's reaching the the mainstream yet, but there is this kind of like, um, yeah, finding finding a, a certain wholeness within and, and entering into relationship from a whole place. Um, what else? Compulsive sexual behaviours, which we spoke about before. I think mm-hmm. that's a really huge one uh, I see clients with that a lot and um, and just what I'm actually seeing is you know these people you know stepping out and reaching reaching out for, for support and and I think that um, I think that that's a, a great thing whereas so many people would have usually been sitting in the shadows kind of like feeling shame filled suffering 
inside, um, there's been more people reaching out for, for that. So it's something I celebrate a lot. You know, there's people going, actually, I, I've been doing doing things this way and I know that there's so much more. So, yeah, that's that's what I see a lot of people for actually is, um, is people that just know that how they have been having sex or being intimate with people or being in relationship, it's like there's so much more possible than what they've experienced and what they've known. It's like they're reaching outside this little bubble that they've created and of their reality um, mm-hmm. in relationship and sexuality and this kind of like, oh, enough's enough and, and I want more. So, yeah, it yeah. feels beautiful. It feels really incredible. Mm. Let's talk about energy of the masculine and feminine because like, like the physical body or energies um, – like my energy I found was actually, I didn't realize for a long time, was flowing in feminine. The mm. way the energy was moving. And mm-hmm. actually it was about seven months ago I I realized that it was flowing in feminine. Um, doing a dyad. Um, and so I've been focusing on changing it and flowing more masculine. Mm. Uh, that's the direction how, of the energy flowing in the body, the main core. And when, when you say um, more masculine, do you mean more penetrative energy um, as opposed to more receptive energy? No, neither of those. Uh, what I find is that the feminine energy moves ground up. So mm-hmm. our energy that flows mm. right out of us. So yeah. the, the feminine energy flows up and out and the masculine flows down and in. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how, yeah. like when we're doing the, uh, um, what do you call it, when we sit together and circulate energy? Uh, what's, what's yeah, Byung. Yeah, but it's called uh, orbital or something. I can't remember. Oh, uh, microcosmic orbit. Yes, microcosmic mm. or microcosmic orbit. So when, <laughs> you when got we, it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we do that, if, if, mm. if I'm with a woman that she's flowing her energy in the feminine, way and i'm in my feminine way we can't move the energy properly Mm, yeah yeah and i've also noticed so i've noticed now that i've been changing it i've actually noticed a lot of different changes in how women approach me now Mm, it's very interesting yeah yeah it's funny so i i guess before i said you know penetrative and receptive energy is you know my feels around the masculine and feminine energies but there is this women's energy is in their hips you know in the in the lower part of their body it's like whereas men can be more like they've got the consciousness piece or the masculine sorry not men um the masculine is more consciousness and the feminine is like um groundedness um it's like almost like everything is residing below the waist for a woman in terms of energetics. Um, I keep saying a woman. I, I know that this applies for, for both men and men, um, men and women, but sometimes that's just my um, <laughs> my conditioning around masculine and feminine, mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing that it is both of us. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, it's um, – it's so important to, to to be aware of both of these energies so that we're not completely polarised in one or the other to the point where we are projecting our need for the other onto another human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, with that in mind, there's energies that we 
they're almost like our go-tos like that the that we prefer to to live in if we can integrate both but you know for me I'm, I'm quite a um like feminine energy is something that that feels greater in my body in myself um it's okay for my partner who is more masculine to it, it's okay for us to be in that polarized kind of place together mm. bringing in a lot of awareness around okay let's not become dependent on the other you know and and sometimes there's there's experiences or moments in time where it's like oh crap like i am becoming dependent on that and that's okay now i just need to take some time to to find the other in myself to really like let that drop in mm-hmm. yeah but yeah with the with the microcosmic orbit as well i i feel that's very um, I, f- I experience that as like the penetrative masculine energy and then the receptive feminine energy. So like it going in that circle. Um, well, yeah, when we're talking below the waist. Um, but, yeah. But if we're talking yeah. about in the chest area, like the feminine energy is penetrative and the masculine is receptive. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great tool actually to to work with. Um desire in the body as well learning to actually circulate sexual energy in mm-hmm. the body mm-hmm. um yeah that's a great one yeah just yeah. being able to feel it like can you tune into your energy body right now and feel how it's flowing and which way it's flowing I feel maybe can you feel the chakras that are stronger yeah my heart space is stronger and mm-hmm. i feel i actually do feel a really strong like penetrative energy from my heart um and sacral chakra is quite activated and solar plexus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's going on. My well, it's it's my womb. Like I feel my womb a lot at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting to be able to get to a point where you're like, oh, okay, you know, well, what am I experiencing in my body in this moment? You know, where is where is my life force residing right now? Mm-hmm. Where do I feel numb? disconnected from where, where it feels stagnant and, and hard um yeah like embodiment practice I think is like part of learning to be with one's desire it's like actually get out of the mind get into the body learn to feel what like how energy moves through your body and where desire resides and, and how to actually be with it and hold it kind of like um, I used to do this practice, uh, orgasmic meditation. And, um, it's one thing that I got from that. This is like, I was into it a couple of years ago was actually this, um, learning to hold a great deal of sensation in my body. So as opposed to needing to have those compulsive sexual behaviors in order to like offload all this energy that I was feeling it was actually a great practice in learning to hold it. So that's a great one for, for women in particular, I think. Um, and, and yes, like self-pleasuring um, exercises as well. And, and like a, a regular self-pleasuring practice mm-hmm. is kind of like, yeah, allowing someone to actually, it, it's almost like study, you know, learning how to hold sensation in the body, learning how to hold desire. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So one thing I noticed when I was when my energy was flowing feminine, that my sacral was felt like a vacuum. 
Mm, as opposed, yeah. uh, you know, so that's the receptive that you're talking about, but it really felt like a vacuum. And yeah, now that I've yeah. turned it around the other way, now it feels like it's like just flowing like tons of energy out. Like an air blower. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. That's, yeah. Is that how your heart feels right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. That's very cool. Yep, it's, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> what, do, what does a healthy self-pleasuring practice look like? So for me, it's setting time, regular times for everyone that's different. Some people it's daily or twice daily. Uh, Other people it's a few times a week. Other people it's one time a week, depending on what you feel is right for you and your body. Uh, So setting aside a time to really devote yourself to pleasure and connection to your body with a non-goal-oriented approach. So not going into the experience with the intention of getting anywhere, of having an orgasm, of doing something that's going to lead to something, you know. It's just about being fully present as much as possible. Um, I think it's also around loving your body up that that really rich self-love around fully appreciating every crevice every like um every crack every like every single part of the body so really like all-encompassing body touch Mm -hmm. and also like and i say touch and i also think that working with the energetics so sometimes you can experience really powerful pleasurable experiences without even touching your own body so, yeah, bringing in the physical, the energetic and the emotional as well, which is like, okay, this is a space that I set aside where whatever arises right now is welcome. So, you know, I've had experiences where I've cried during self-pleasuring or I felt numb or I felt frustration and anger. It's like, okay, this is just a time for me where anything is welcome rather than like, okay, I'm going into it. And it's self-pleasuring practice. Therefore, I have to experience pleasure like whole time. Otherwise, that's wrong. It's just like, yeah, space where anything is welcome. Connection to body. I think that's um, that's probably the biggest one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what about when somebody's like experiencing shame around self-pleasuring? Mm. Would, you, would you like slowly move them into like maybe pleasuring their fingertips on their other fingertips or you know maybe something that has a non-sexual um mm. like um, yeah, f- i don't know what to call it yeah yeah for sure it's almost like rather than going all in and just being hit with this truck full of shame mm-hmm. um which is actually going to lead to probably i guess for some people a certain sense of trauma um, rather than going all in, it's like, okay, well, what are you willing to do in this moment? Maybe you're only willing to just give your feet a massage. You know, maybe that feels like enough. Maybe you can only do two minutes of it and that's enough. Maybe um, 
and and you know everyone takes such different approaches for me and and the work that I do I I really like that slow integrative approach which is like okay you know rather than like we're going to go in and we're going to smash all your beliefs and we're going to kind of like bulldoze them all to the ground and you're going to just be like so much better it's like you've built these levels of uh, shame in in your body or you have these these emotions in your body that are there for a reason they have served a purpose at one point in time and so it's like how can we gently start to look at them and bring awareness and, and have that slower approach yeah so I like how you said it's like maybe just like your hands your fingertips like okay I'm just gonna start there notice how that feels in my body and mm-hmm. and um and using emotional release tools as well so if shame comes up shame has sensations with it you know shame can actually um want to move through us by like hitting a pillow or screaming or so it's like actually working with emotional release tools um as opposed to just going in and not knowing any way of being with your emotions. Mm -hmm. So I think that emotional mastery piece is really important before going into these practices. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, when anger and all those things come up, it's good to just let it out. Um, yeah. I, some, some of my clients have a, they, they have a hard time with the screaming one. So they're like, Oh, Mm. my my voice is going to get, become sore and, yeah so many stories and it does yeah it does if people are yelling from that um um upper body ah like there's a different like the screaming tools are great when you're actually connected to your base and yelling from that part you know Mm -hmm. like I have screamed like I didn't know I could make those kinds of noises like so loud Mm -hmm. but because it was coming from um that deeper belly place um I, I didn't get any kind of a sore throat, you know, so, mm-hmm. but it is a hard one. And then a lot of the tools that I, I teach them a lot to, um, to clients and um, they're confronting. If you haven't had any constructive, healthy ways of releasing your emotions, of moving your emotions through your body, then these tools can actually be like, this feels really uncomfortable and awkward and strange and I can't do this, you know, and mm-hmm. one of my, kind of um, recommendations is just like fake it till you make it with that. If you can like sit there and hit a pillow and it feels uncomfortable and you just keep doing it, keep doing it. Eventually what I see in most people is um, they actually hit the stuff. They actually find their authentic expression, what wants to move through them Mm -hmm. Um, because you, especially if people have never had any kind of outlets for their emotions, there's often a lot there, you know, there's a lot that needs to come out and move. So yeah, it's, um, they're great ones, great tools to, to have in your toolbox. Yeah. And it really ties back to feeling our own energy because I I really Mm -hmm. believe that when we have so much stored emotion, we can't actually feel our energy at at that point because there's so much stuff going on that that's, that's why we're, you know, pushing into avoidance you know we're doing all these Mm. you know compulsive masturbation compulsive eating all these things just to ignore all this old emotion but once this emotion gets cleared out through going into our desires and allowing those desires to unfold and manifest however they want um, Mm. let our buttons be pushed and all you know 
we start to flow and experience our energy different as it becomes cleaner. Yeah, for sure. Yep, so true. Um, I think what you're trying to say is that we're out of time. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> I think that's the end. <laughs> okay. Well, this was fun. I really enjoyed talking to you and catching up with you. Yeah, this um, is great. Thank you for inviting me on. It was awesome. So really one amazing. one quick desire of mine right now is I, I desire to thank you for um, <laughs> when we were at the uh, retreat that we were at together. Um, mm. You were very supportive and present. And I mm. really appreciate that. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, you're so welcome. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I felt a beautiful resonance with you and and. I know that you hit some some hard challenges along the way. Um, yeah, and, and I think there's like this practice for you in like it, it was kind of like your desire and learning to navigate that as well and your energy. Um, and I never, I, I've never believed or I have before in the past, but now I don't hold the belief that men especially should be vilified for it and made to be wrong. I think it's something to work with. So, yeah, I was happy to be supportive and, and present with you. So, yeah, awesome. you're very welcome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> can I just add as well, um, yeah. if people want to find me? Absolutely, just, please do. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can find more information about my offerings and what I do. I work with people all over the world online and also in Sydney, Australia, and Byron Bay, Australia in person. So my website is www.stephanie-curtis.com. So that's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-C-U-R-T-I-S.com. So that's where you'll find me. And um, if they didn't catch any of that, all your information will be in the notes for the podcast. Alrighty. I'm off to go have that shower that I so desired. This podcast is Expansion Cast. Thank you for listening.